nothing stops the progress of an organization more quickly than leaders failing to listen. Like hardening of the arteries, restricted communication will destroy a leader's credibility. Followers want to communicate to their leaders. If you fail to listen to them, their very effectiveness and job satisfaction will be in jeopardy. You don't have to agree with them, but they need to know that they were heard. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. Thank you for tuning in today. This is a show for anyone who wants to excel at leading others. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use this week. Welcome to this podcast. I'm so excited to finally launch this new series. Learn to lead 10 essential characteristics every new leader must master. For those of you who are my regular listeners, you know that I have been talking about eight characteristics for quite a while. But based on your feedback and my own studies and conclusions, I came up with 10. What is it about me and 10? I just love top 10 lists. But uh, actually, as I was getting into this, I started playing around with the word leadership, which, huh, has 10 letters. What do you know about that? And I started looking at the characteristics. Some of you, thank you so much for submitting your input. It's not too late. If you go to hansfinzel.com slash engage, and if you still want to tell me a characteristic that you think uh, might be one of those 10 essential characteristics that, is, uh, that every leader must possess, I'll send you a free copy of my one of my audio books if you'll make that contribution. But I went ahead and chose 10 instead of 8. And I'm going to use the acrostic of the letters in the word leadership. I'm not going to spill the beans to you today and give you the meaning of every letter. But today we're going to start with the letter L, the first letter in the word leadership. So what we're going to cover today in this podcast is the first of the 10 characteristics every new leader must master. And then I'm going to leave you with four very specific action points at the end. As always, my show notes are at hansfinzel.com. And if you want to, uh, if you're a new listener and you haven't uh, listened to some of my earlier podcasts, you'll find them all at my podcast directory at hansfinzel.com. So let's get into 10 essential characteristics. Learn to lead. This new series is based on input from my listeners and my own journey of leadership. I want to let you know that today we're going to hit on the very first letter of the word leadership, the letter L. Now, what do you suppose I'm going to say for the letter L? Well, it just might so happen if you are a regular listener to me or read my books, you know that I love the concept of listening and learning. I always say in my lectures, the two most important word in the leader's vocabulary is to listen and to learn. These are so important. And so the L actually stands for two words. Keep listening and keep learning. First of all, let's talk about listening. Listening is such an important characteristic in a leader's life. And just because we're the leader does not mean that we're the only ones with a voice. And we have to learn to listen. In fact, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Be slow to speak, and quick to listen. It's interesting as I have talked to so many followers and employees who feel stuck in miserable jobs, and I often dig down into 
What is the thing about your boss that really frustrates you? It's amazing how often I hear the words, my boss just doesn't listen to me, or he doesn't listen to us, or she just won't listen. How do you feel? Let me ask you, if you're not listened to, how does that make you feel? If you have something to say, but nobody's going to listen, and at your workplace, your supervisor won't listen to your feedback or input. Well, I started pondering, and here's a list of seven things that I think uh, are, are parts of how you feel if you're not listened to. I feel unimportant. I feel marginalized. It's a waste of time trying to give input, which makes me want to give up on the cause and the company or the ministry. I feel invisible. My opinions are not respected. In fact, number six, I'm not respected. And number seven, I have nothing to contribute. That's how it makes me feel. I'm sure you can add to the list, but that's the short list that I came up with. Now, here's what I've observed. Leaders love to talk. They enjoy listening to their own great pearls of wisdom and insight. Sometimes they even begin to believe their own press reports. And they gain more authority and they have less reason to listen to subordinates. It's kind of the curse of leadership being at the top of the pile, the king of the mountain. Have you ever noticed that there's much more horizontal communication in an organization than vertical? Coworkers are often talking with each other about everything, but the communication between those coworkers and the superiors is much less frequent and often a lot more formal. Leaders have to learn to listen to their coworkers. And the more people you lead, I find the more you have to listen, but the harder it is. Effective leadership has more to do with listening than it does with talking. Because through listening, and we'll see this as we go on, you gain more wisdom and insight. If you listen to the people that are in the trenches and rely on their information, you will make wise decisions. Face it, a lot of leaders get stuck in isolation because they're often on the top of a large organization of a whole lot of people, and so they lose touch with the front lines, whether it's people you're ministering to, or people you're providing a service to, or a business, or you're selling things. You know, the customer, the user is king, and oftentimes, the higher you go in leadership, the more you're isolated and insulated from those people on the front lines. That's one of the biggest reasons you have to learn to listen to your people. Well, here's some reasons why it's hard for leaders to listen to everyone. It is hard. Well, for number one, of course, there's too little time. The more people you lead, the less time you have for each individual person. There are too many people. There are literally dozens of leaders in, my, in the organization that I led who I would love to have had an intimate relationship with, including the top leaders. But I had so many people who reported directly to me or reported directly to the direct reports, and I found that there were just too many people. But you know, most people feel like they want a piece of the leader, and they want her to take the time to listen to them. But the more people there are, the harder it is. Then there's the, uh, the issue of pressure. Leaders usually find themselves under a constant sense of pressure from deadlines and responsibilities that they can barely handle themselves. You have the onslaught of, of email and social media and texts and, and Facebook posts and you name it. There are so many ways now that people can get to us. 
The image of a soldier in a battle comes to my mind. Here I stand in the trenches, the bullets are flying everywhere, planes are buzzing overhead, the tanks are rolling in my direction, the radio is crackling with news from many fronts, and then along comes one of my people who wants a long, quiet, intense conversation about his or her concerns. You see, the intense pressure of leadership sometimes makes it very difficult to listen attentively. And, you know, I find that especially now with smartphones, isn't it true? It seems like it's harder than ever to just stop and listen, even as you're listening to this podcast. I bet you're distracted. I I bet you're multitasking. Uh, You're probably not just listening to my words. If you are, congratulations. The smartphone has made listening harder than ever because of the distractions. Then there's the problem of distance. In some cases, the sheer problem of physical distance between the leader and the follower. If you're working in an organization and your people, I know Donna works with people in her business that are scattered all over America, even in some foreign countries, and and just the proximity makes it hard to stay in touch and listen. Then there's uh, the issue of too much knowledge. These are all reasons why it's hard for leaders to listen. Sometimes leaders know so much that they find it hard to listen to someone who's rehearsing stories, facts, or anecdotes that the leader has already heard a thousand times. You know, the more knowledge we have and the more we're exposed to stuff, the harder it is to patiently listen. There's also pride. Pride comes on the heel of the knowledge problem. Sometimes we simply think we, we know too much, and we get to the place where we don't think we can learn from others. In fact, again, James 1.19 is great advice from the book of James in the New Testament. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Again, that's why we have two ears and one mouth. Another reason why it's hard to keep listening is, frankly, communication overload. I've already mentioned that. We have so much information coming at us from so many directions that it just seems like it's harder and harder to listen. But we need to listen. And at the end of the show, I'll give you some practical advice on on developing listening skills. Nothing stops the progress of an organization more quickly than leaders failing to listen. Like hardening of the arteries, restricted communication will destroy a leader's credibility. Followers want to communicate to their leaders. If you fail to listen to them, their very effectiveness and job satisfaction will be in jeopardy. You don't have to agree with them, but they need to know that they were heard. And I've had people say to me, Hans, I just don't feel you're a good listener. And I hate it when somebody says that to me. I take it personally because I try to be a good listener. And sometimes if I dig into that, I'll find out that really what's behind that is I didn't do what they wanted me to do. And that's the price of leadership. We have to make hard decisions, hard choices, and leadership is not a popularity contest. So sometimes people will say, well, they don't listen because they don't do it the way you want them to. That's different. So what happens if you are a good listener? Well, I'll turn that list around that I gave you at the beginning of the podcast. How will your followers feel if you're a good listener and you take the time to listen? They'll feel important. They will not feel marginalized, but they'll feel like they're at the center of things. They'll feel like their time is important. 
They'll be visible. Their opinions are respected. They are respected, and they have something to contribute. That is a sign of a wonderful job. Somebody asked me the other day, well, Hans, it's hard to have an open-door policy and get my own work done. Well, you know, that's pretty simple to me. The solution that I practice is have periods of time where you have that open-door policy. And, and when you're at the office, you're available and make yourself available. If you want to use a scheduler, many of us are using these online schedulers now where people can schedule time with you. Uh, but make yourself available, but then have chunks of time where you're simply not around or you're not available. I know many folks that get more of their work done that they have to get done off-site so they can't be interrupted. We are thankful that you are listening to The Leadership Answer Man. Your feedback is always welcome at HansFenzel.com. After two years of podcasting, Hans is starting a new segment, Hans on the Spot, where he will answer your calling questions. Just click on the Call Me button on his website and leave your message. Or call the number 720-440-2981. He will do his best to answer your question on a future podcast. Now, back to the show. So listening, one of the most important skills every new leader must master is the art of listening. And I'll give you a couple of tips here at the end. The second word that comes to mind with the L in leadership is to keep learning. If we stop learning today, we will stop leading tomorrow. We have to be lifelong learners. I just found this quote by Claude Bernard. It is what we know already that often prevents us from learning. You see, sometimes we have so much stuff in our head that we don't know what we don't know. Romans 12.8, my favorite New Testament verse on leadership, says this, If your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. If your gift is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Someone asked me today, I was being interviewed on another podcast, and I mentioned Romans 12.8. And let me give it to you in another translation, the Living Bible. And then he asked me, uh, well, what does that mean to work out your leadership gift? Uh, in the Living Bible, it says, if God has given you administrative ability and put you in charge of the work of others, take the responsibility seriously. What that means to me is to keep learning to be a better leader. Listening to this podcast, it's a great example of improving your leadership a game, uh, going to seminars, go, uh, reading great books, listening to podcasts, getting feedback. I was talking to Donna about this particular episode, and she said, well, be sure and mention how important it is to invest in your own development. Self-improvement is so key to growing in your leadership. Thank you, Donna, for that great advice, because it's so true. And she's been in her business now for 15 years, and 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 I watch her improve, and I watch the people she's working with as they become, as they want to become more successful, they have to pay attention to their own personal development. That's why lifelong learning and self-improvement is so important. I want to give you an illustration from the Old Testament about Moses, because he's one of my favorite leaders. You know, I wrote a, a book about his leadership called The Top Ten Leadership Commandments. 
And one thing I love about Moses is that he was a lifelong learner. As important as he was, as powerful as he was, as big of a responsibility as he had, he learned. He listened and he learned. And I just want to tell the story of him and his father-in-law, Jethro. You've probably heard this story again. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I call Jethro the first management consultant in the Bible. And if you take the money to hire consultants, can I give you some advice? First of all, be sure you hire good consultants because there are good ones and bad ones. There are ones out there that are worthless. So you need to get good feedback and good reviews before you hire someone. But if you do hire them, please take their advice. I do consulting now, and the most frustrating thing for me is when I give some what I think is really good, sound, important advice, and it's ignored. Well, Moses bragged to his father-in-law about all the amazing things that had happened through his leadership. The Bible doesn't really say whether Moses took the time to play with his children or, or really spend time with his wife or to work on his marriage and his family. There's nothing in there about that. We have to be left to our own imagination. But what happened is Moses sent his wife and his kids away to live with the in-laws because he was so busy doing the work of God. And how many people throughout history have neglected their responsibilities as a spouse or as a parent for the excuse of, I've got to do the work of God. <laughs> That's what Moses did. Well, his father-in-law sent him a message, says, I'm coming back to see you. And by the way, I'm bringing your family with me. And Moses might have thought, oh, they're coming for a visit. Well, I think I can schedule that just to have a little bit of personal time with them before I get back to my important work. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him as they came to the desert. They greeted each other and they went to the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law about everything that God had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. And, and really he was, you know, I'm not saying he was proudful, but he was bragging about and he was reporting about the great work. And Jethro, it says, was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel and rescued them from the hands of the Egyptians. All this is found in uh, Exodus chapter 18. Well, that night, Jethro went to bed and he pondered the situation about his son-in-law. He loved his son-in-law and he, he wanted to give his son-in-law some important advice I have a wonderful father-in-law, Mark Bubeck. He's a godly man, and he's given me great advice over the years. And my own earthly father died over 30 years ago, and I'm so thankful, Dad, that I've had you all these years. So I can appreciate a wonderful father-in-law. I couldn't ask for a better one. Well, anyway, Jethro loved and respected Moses in the same way. And the next day, Jethro truly got the picture of my, why Moses was so busy. It says in verse 13 and 14 that Jethro watched and observed like any good consultant. And what happened was that all day long, people lined up to listen to Moses to get advice for him to solve their problems. And it says when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for these people? 
Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Can you imagine these people? The line was out the door and around the block, (laughs) out the door of the tent, and people stood around all day waiting for Moses to solve their problems. That's a leader with a problem. Jethro looked at Moses and said, what you're doing is not good. Okay, the advice from Jethro was clear. What he said was, build a team, learn to delegate. That will make your load lighter because you will share it with others. He basically said, you need to appoint other people to help you. You don't have to be a control freak. You alone don't have to do everything. You have to spread the load. You have to build a team. You have to be able to spend time with your family. You have to have time off. You're going to burn yourself out. And can you imagine how frustrating all these people, how frustrated all these people were that stood in this line waiting? They would be happy to talk to somebody else to get their conflicts resolved or their problem answered. And so that's what the advice was. Jethro helped Moses learn to be team-centered in his leadership. And what happened, the coolest thing, is it says, and Moses did what his father-in-law suggested. Moses did what his father-in-law suggested. I've seen too many leaders fail in their professional lives for personal reasons. And And this has had to do with this kind of lack of balance. You have to get a life. You know the other thing that happened in this story? Jethro gave his wife back to Moses and the kids, and he said, here you go. These are your responsibilities. I'm out of here. I love my grandkids, but you need to raise them. I went to the University of Alabama way back when, when Coach Bear Bryant was there as the famous uh, coach of our football team. And he was famous for allowing his assistants to make a lot of the key calls in football games. And he said he believed that if you don't let the assistant coaches coach, you won't ever get any good assistance. And that's exactly the lesson that Moses had to learn, and he learned it. It's a great illustration of lifelong learning. Because if you're going to go out and read books about leadership, and you're going to listen to stuff, and you're going to go to conferences, you need to do what you hear, and you need to keep changing. There are not, there's not a single one of us that doesn't have areas where we need to grow. In fact, the next episode, the E in leadership stands for emotional intelligence, your EI or your EQ. And that's so important to learn about your blind spots. So in summary, the L in leadership, the first of the 10 critical characteristics every new leader must master is to learn to be a listener and to be a lifelong learner. Now, let me give you a couple of action points as we finish up here. Number one, sharpen your listening skills. Ask your people if you're really a good listener and ask them to be honest. And when they tell you, please don't be defensive. You might need to ask the question behind the question. But they will tell you how you come across. And it can be painful, but do that. If you want to really sharpen your listening skills, ask the people you work with, hey, how would you rate me as a listener on a scale of 1 to 10? That's always a great way to ask one of those questions. 
And then once they give you the number, well, tell me why you gave me that score. And tell me how I can do a better job of listening. Number two, try feeding back to people what they said to you. That's a great listening skill. Because remember, communication is not receiving knowledge. It's for information to really get through. Has the information gotten through? And the best way to get through is to say, okay, let me tell you, uh, Jim, what I heard you just said. And then, you know, just say it back to them. And then they say, yeah, okay, yeah, that is what you said. Thank you. And then they know they have been heard. And if you go out and do something different, at least they know they were heard. And again, leadership is not a popularity contest. You don't want to be a people pleaser and just uh, be like a politician who puts their finger in the wind and sees which way it's blowing. And then that's the position that they're going to take. You don't want to do that but learn to speak the words back to them. Uh, Third action point on uh, learning, read and listen to material that will help you grow as a leader. You're listening to podcasts. That's a great start. Read great books. Uh, Just constantly sharpen your leadership game. You know, I was telling somebody today that, you know, doctors have to go to continuing medical education throughout their whole careers and nurses and all kinds of medical practitioners. They can't just graduate and that's it the rest of their lives. They have to keep their skills sharp. Same thing applies to leadership. And number four, finally, my my fourth action point, attend some great conferences. You know, one of my favorites is like the Willow Creek Leadership Summit that happens every August. It's one of the greatest things I've ever done to improve my own leadership. I started taking my team there. Uh, these are broadcast all over America. They're super reasonable financially, and they are just chalked full of tremendous information about how to be a better leader. So the Le- Leadership Summit from Willow Creek, things like that, highly recommend that. Well, there you have it. The L in leadership stands for two of my favorite words that I love to talk about when it comes to leadership, and that is listen and learn. Hey, thanks for listening today. Next episode, we'll take up the E in leadership, which stands for emotional intelligence. How is your EQ? This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.